Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Good morning, church. So good to be back. Welcome to SIB Life for those of you who are with us for the first time today. And to all of you SIB Life family members who are tuning in this morning, I'm so glad that you make time for God. Amen. And um, how many of you were blessed by last week's sermons from Pastor Dan? Come on. All right. So here's a question. Are you like Pharaoh or are you like Moses? Now, we pray that every sermon preached in SIB Life will not only be a head knowledge, but will become the truth that will set you free and lead you to a breakthrough life in your life and especially in this season amen now so before i continue i would like to invite all of us to bow our head and pray hallelujah father god we commit this time into your hands thank you for this opportunity for us to once again gather as a church as a family holy spirit touch our hearts touch our mind open our spiritual eyes and our ears so that we understand lord the truth that we are about to receive today Thank you, Jesus. Bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, so today's sermon is the continuation of my sermon that, which I preached last uh, two weeks. Right? So just to recap a little bit of what I preached two weeks ago, we've entered into uh, one of the most popular stories in the Bible, which is the Ten Plague of Egypt. Right? Now, the Ten Plagues was a response to the question that was asked by Pharaoh. Now, let me tell you, Pharaoh shows us uh, that, that, that humankind doesn't have the tendency to change at all. As progressive as we think we are, we don't tend to change very much. Don't you think so? No, so like Pharaoh, we highlighted this question, a question that Pharaoh asked Moses in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. Who is the Lord that I should obey Him by letting Israel go? I don't know the Lord. And besides, I will not let Israel go. Now, if we are honest, we are not much different than Pharaoh. Really. Now, in today's modern world, we ask the same question. Who is the Lord that I should obey Him? Isn't it enough for me just to do good things and make myself happy? In our world today, especially in Malaysia, we do not reject the fact that God exists, or at least we, we, we are aware and acknowledge that there is a divine power that controls whatever happens around us. Now, as Christians, the same question haunts us today, whereby if we are honest to ourselves, deep in our heart, we hope God will mind his own business and would not demand us to do things that we are not comfortable with. We hope that as long as we give our tithes and offerings on Sunday, attend church, and uh, attend cell, and don't complain about church, we are in a category of good Christians. We believe that God exists. Yes, we believe that God sent his one and only son jesus to save us we believe that we can control our own life because in the past we realized that when god didn't answer our prayer we become our own answer we make things happen according to our own 
will and desire and even though such desire is an ab- abomination to God, we continue to pursue it. Now, we don't tell people, we won't admit this, but through our life, it is obvious that we have the same question that Pharaoh asked. Who is the Lord that I should obey Him? Now, up to this point, I want all of you to know that God was not merely trying to deliver His people from bondage. He could have done it with a single act of wrath. Rather, He chose to deliver His people through the many plagues. For what? Untuk apa? To reveal Himself, His character, His power to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Amen? Now, as I mentioned in my last sermon, the plagues not only decimated Egypt, both physically and economically, but more importantly, the ten plagues decimated them spiritually. Through the ten plagues, God exposed the Egyptian gods as being no real God at all. So today, this is part two of my uh, previous sermon. So my sermon title for today is, So You Will Know That I Am The Lord, Part 2. So just to refresh our memory, what are the ten plagues, right? The first one was to turn into blood, frog, nuts, flies, death of livestock, boils, uh, hell, locusts, darkness, and death of firstborn. So this morning, I will be preaching from Exodus chapter 8, verse 15 to Exodus chapter 10, verse 1 to 29, which covers the third plague up to the ninth plague. Well, how about the tenth plague, Pastor? Now, I will not touch on that, the tenth plague, because it is closely connected to the Passover. And as you'll know, you all know that next week is our Good Friday service, and, and, and I'm going to let Pastor Dan to touch on that. And I want us to see the significance of the, the Lord's Passover, not only to the Israelites, but also to us. So don't miss it, okay? See you guys next, uh, next week on Friday, all right? Now, back to this. Exodus chapter 8, verse 15, and until chapter 10, verse 1 to 29, consists of 76 verses. And because of time, I will not be reading all those 76 verses. So I want you guys to do me a favor. After the service, go back and read again, all right? Yeah? So, as I mentioned just now, these ten plagues was not only a direct assault on the Egyptian gods, but also an assault to the pride of Egypt. The gods and the goddess of ancient Egypt were an integral part of the people's everyday life. It's not surprising that there were over 2,000 deities in the Egyptian temple, and most of these gods shared the same role in nature. Now, some of these deities' names are well-known, and I will mention their names shortly, right? So, we know that the first and second plague was an attack towards Hapi and Heket, right? Let's move on to the third plague, yeah? The third plague was directed at Gab, the god of the earth, the physical support of the world, god of the harvest. What is it? Nuts. The third plague is nuts. So some translation use lies, some translation use the word mosquitoes. No, whatever it is, we know it does so much harm on Pharaoh and the Egyptian. The fourth plague, flies, was directed towards Uachit, who are the guardians of all life of the Nile Delta. Now, two things happened during this uh, fourth plague, all right? Number one, in Exodus chapter 8, verse 22, 
2.23 says, That day I will give special treatment to the land of Goshen, where my people are living. No flies will be there. This, was you, this, this way you will know that I, the Lord, am in the land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. Move on, verse 24. And the Lord did this. Thick swarms of flies went into Pharaoh's palace and his officials' houses. Throughout Egypt, the land was ruined because of the swarms of flies. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God within the country. Now, there seemed to be a change in Pharaoh's heart. But we can see that what Pharaoh did is he was just inviting Moses to compromise with him. Instead of letting them go, Pharaoh wants them to settle for second best, which is to worship God in Egypt instead. So Pharaoh hardened his heart and refused to let the Israelites go. And then God gave the fifth plague, which is that of livestock. Now, this is, uh, was, was an attack towards Hathor. In ancient Egypt, cow was sacred and also a manifestation of the goddess Hathor, a mother goddess in form of a cow who represented love, protection, and fertility. Now, in the fifth plague, once again, the Lord draw a distinction between his people and the Egyptian. In Exodus chapter 9, verse 4 to 7, but the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing of all that the Israelites own will die. And the Lord set a time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. The Lord did this the next day. All the Egyptian livestock died, but none among the Israelite livestock died. Verse 7, Pharaoh sent messenger who saw that not a single one of the Israelite livestock was dead. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he did not let the people go. That's the fifth plague. Let's move on. Six plagues, boils, all right? Bisul, Bahasa Malaysia. Now, when it happened, Isis, all right? Isis can't even do anything about it. Now, Isis was the goddess of health marriage and fertility she was seen as healer and believed to have the ability to cast spell and bring the dead to life but her power is nothing compared to the lord god hallelujah now seventh plague hail all right uh, hujan batu now this was directed towards another goddess in egypt called nat right she was known as the coverer of the sky she who protects she was known as mistress of all and she also known as she who holds a thousand souls she's the goddess of the sky and all heavenly bodies a symbol of resurrection and rebirth that is not and you know what not even not can stop the hell from falling down on the land of egypt yeah and it was the worst hell that has ever occurred in Egypt from the day it was founded until that particular day. Now in Exodus chapter 9 verse 27, Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron, I have sinned this time, he said to them, the Lord is the righteous one and I and my people are the guilty ones. Make an appeal to the Lord, there has been enough of God's thunder and hell. I will let you go, you don't need to stay any longer. Wow! 
It looked like Pharaoh had repented, but you know that was just a ploy by him to stop the plague. Yeah, he just pretend, right? So Pharaoh hardened his heart once again, right? Now we move to the eighth plague, which is locust. Osiris was the god of fertility, agriculture, god of the afterlife, the dead, the resurrection, life, and vegetation. As the god of agriculture and vegetation, Osiris can't help to protect the Egyptians from the invading locusts. At this point, Pharaoh's officials can't stand it anymore. So they, they sort of like uh, force Pharaoh to just let the Israelites go. But Pharaoh didn't want to listen. He continued to persuade Moses to compromise. All right. Now, the ninth plague was darkness and it was directed towards Ra, the god of the sun, the most worshipped and important god in ancient Egypt. This plague happened, and what's interesting is this plague happened without any warning from Moses. Yeah, in Exodus chapter 10, verse 22, so Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven, and there was thick darkness throughout the land of Egypt for three days. One person could not see another, and for three days they did not move from where they were. Yet all the Israelites had light where they live. It is so dark that they could not see one another. Their movement was restricted, but the Bible says the Israelites had light. Hallelujah. So those are the gods and the goddesses that once was thought to be the hope and the source of life and security for Pharaoh and the Egyptians. You know, church, so they, there are four characters of God that we can discover from the, the ten plagues that fall upon Pharaoh and the Egyptians. All right? Yeah, there are four characters of God. So I've, I've, I've mentioned about uh, the, the, the gods of uh, the Egypt, you know, the idols and everything. And now there are four things that I want to, 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 to unpack to us. Okay, the four characters of God. Number one, through these plagues, the Lord is saying what? The first one, I am the one true God. I am the one true God. Now, in each of these plagues, plague, there's a corresponding Egyptian God, right? And the people of Egypt built their rhythm, you know, the rhythm of their, their lives around seeking to appease these gods and earn the favor of these gods. So when they make sacrifices for this God, it's not for the atonement of their sins, but they are, they are basically trying to earn the favor and to appease their wrath so that they might be blessed. And uh, this God is, exp uh, and, and what happened is, God is exposing them, you know, exposing that this is not a real God at all. Yeah? Because we can see that none of these gods uh, can control or stop the plague. Now, and Pharaoh is something that represents the modern man today. He has all the power and the wealth. He has the influence, the, the position, the prestige, the popularity. But yet, his heart was hard. His heart was bitter. And with all his power and all his wealth, he can't even stop the hand of God. He can establish his own kingdom. 
Pharaoh and the Egyptians are putting their hopes and faith in their gods and their gods end up being defeated and crushed by the hand of the Lord. Amen. Now, we might say that um, we might say that we are not worshipping idols like them. But if we see like, deep in our heart, we'll see that we are worshipping what? Wealth. We are worshipping our career. We are worshipping our hobbies, our spouse, our kids, our ministry. We are worshipping comfort and control. We are not better than Pharaoh. We are actually like Pharaoh. Yeah? We can see how Pharaoh you know, reluctantly you know, surrendered to God. He is struggling to submit himself to God. Because in Egypt, Pharaoh was regarded as an image of God, a representative of God. He was untouchable, superior, and nothing can stop him from fulfilling the desire of his heart. We are like Pharaoh. We think that we are better God. We can do better job than God. You know, if you be honest, right? We, we give credit to ourselves for everything good in our lives. And, no, and you know what? We blame God for the disaster and tragedy that is happening in our lives and in the world. When we are stuck in difficult situation, we know the way out is by, uh, by way of submission, submission to God. But like Pharaoh, we refuse to do so. We want God to compromise with us. But hello, God doesn't compromise with sin. Now, through these plagues, the Lord is telling Pharaoh, I am the one true God. Not these gods and goddesses and all these idols. Yeah, I am the one true God. Amen. Second one, God is saying, I am the creator. Through this plague, God is saying that I am the creator. Now, this is obvious. The Lord harnesses all creation against Pharaoh. Like every bit of land, sea, animals, insects, plants, the sky, everything obeys him because he is the creator. We can see Pharaoh's magicians, you know, they can't perform their magic uh, in the first and second plague. But at the third plague, they surrender and told Pharaoh what? This is the figure of God. We, we, we can't imit imitate this one. Now, they are aware that they can't compete with the God, the Creator. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says this, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. If there is a Creator God, how could you worship Osiris? the god of fertility, god of agriculture. How could you worship Isis, the, god of, the, the goddess of healer? If there is a creator god, how could you worship the creation and not the creator? Come on, church. Now, have you guys heard the term self-med? Self-med is used to describe people who have become successful and rich through their own efforts especially if they started life without money education or high social status yeah nowadays there's a lot of uh, self-made uh, billionaire yeah self-made businessman you know all self-made so you believe that your comfort your success your wealth your achievement 
your position, status, everything that you have is a result of your own effort. You are a self-made person. You know, but hang on. If you believe that there is a creator God, how could you worship the creation, which is you? You are God's creation. How come you worship the creation and not the creator? Through this plague, the Lord is revealing himself to Pharaoh and the Egyptian. I am the creator. I am the creator. Then the third one, God is revealing himself by telling, Moses, uh, by telling uh, Pharaoh, I am just. I am just. Aku Tuhan yang adil. In Exodus chapter 9, verse 8 to 9. Okay, I'm taking from this uh, uh, ESV version. Okay, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the kiln and let Moses throw them in the air in the sides of Pharaoh. It shall become fine dust and uh, find us over all the land of Egypt and become boils, breaking out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Now, why do I use the ESV version for this verse? Now, because the ESV, verse, uh, the ESV version uses the word kiln. Okay, what is kiln? Okay, <laughs> yeah. Why does uh, God instruct Moses to take handful of soot from the kiln? Why didn't he just ask Moses to stretch his hands and let there be boils, right? Now, first of all, for those of you who don't know, this is the picture of kiln, all right? So, kiln was some type of uh, oven that turned objects made from clay into uh, tiles, pottery, and bricks. Yeah, soot are basically ashes, debu, all right? Yeah, arang, uh, debu. Yeah. So what's the connection between this action and the justice of God? Now, if you remember, back to the early part of our study of Exodus, when God was allowing the people of Israel to multiply, Pharaoh saw the multiplication and he saw it as a threat. So he sought to destroy the people of God. So you remember, he issued an order that all male Hebrews baby will be thrown into the Nile River. And then what else? He had presses the Israelites with hard labor. And remember, one of the hard labor that they need to do is they need to gather the straw and bake bricks in these ovens or kiln. And if they fail to produce the numbers of bricks that required from them, they will be beaten and even killed. And if you remember in Exodus chapter 5, when Moses and Aaron met Pharaoh for the first time, they told him to let God's people go. What did Pharaoh did? Well, what did Pharaoh did? Instead of letting them go, he oppressed them further. He commanded them to find their own straws and demanded the same quota of bricks. Wow! So much of hard work. And we see the judgment of God being pronounced on Pharaoh and his officials when Moses grabbed the ashes and threw it in the air and it became festering balls on people and animals. Let me tell you, our God is love and just. Most Christians today see God as someone who would not get angry at anything because He's a loving God. Now, let me tell you that um, you can't have love without wrath. You can't have love without wrath. Love 
is to have the capability to get angry at anything that would violate or destroy what you love. Let me repeat myself. Love is to have that, that capability to get angry at anything that would violate or destroy what you love. Let me give you an example. If you're a parent, you would definitely understand this, right? The day when myself and Helena, my wife, have our uh, first son, you know, I just realized that I'm willing to do anything, even to cause serious injury to anybody who's, who's going to hurt my son. You know, there's rot in me that was birthed out of love. Do you understand what I mean? I'm willing to do anything. In fact, right, when I think about it, right, there's, there's a time when I think like, wow, I'm willing to kill anybody who are, who's going to hurt my family, my kids. It's because this fraud, yeah, came from my love for my family, my kids. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So when you believe that God is love, you must also acknowledge that God will display His fraud Amarahnya, dia akan menunjukkan amarahnya when someone or something is hurting his children. So when we watch God's justice being poured out on Pharaoh and the Egyptian, that justice was birthed in his deep abiding love for his people. Now, um, in our modern context today, as Christian, as children of God, I want you to remember this. When God saw His people being pressured, oppressed, persecuted, and even killed because of His name, remember that He loves us and His justice will prevail. Whatever condition you are in right now, probably you are being oppressed, being persecuted, you know, being rejected because of your faith. God's justice will prevail. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 15 says, When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. So through this plague, God is telling Pharaoh that he is a just God. I am just. Right? And last one. Through this plague, the Lord is revealing himself. He's, he's telling Pharaoh and the Egyptian that I am gracious and merciful. I am gracious and merciful now check out exodus chapter 8 verse 22 to 23 verse 22 but on that day i will give special treatment on the land of goshen where my people are living no flies will be there this way you will know that i the lord am in the land i will make a distinction between my people and your people this sign will take place tomorrow exodus chapter 9 verse 3 to 4 Then the Lord's hand will bring a severe plague against your livestock in the field, the horses, donkeys, camels, herds, and flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing of all that the Israelites own will die. So, we can say that the people of God, the Israelites, endured the first three plagues, just like the Egyptian. And in the fourth plague, through the tenth plague, they are surrounded by God's protection. And they do not experience the wrath of God like the Egyptians are. Now the question is why? 
why God make that distinction? Is it because the Israelites are better than the Egyptians? Is it because the Israelites are more righteous? The short answer is no. No. God's protection upon the Israelites is not because of their righteousness. In fact, the Bible says that they are stiff-necked, foolish people that God loves. Now, fast forward to Exodus chapter 32. We can see how the Israelites, despite being set free from slavery, they have forgotten the Lord who have set them free and they made themselves a golden calf to be their idol, to be their God. Wow! God knew that these people, the Israelites, will disobey Him and yet He showed His grace and mercy upon them. Friends, the Lord is gracious and merciful. Let me tell you something. You know, I discovered something as I prepared uh, today's sermon. Now, I believe most of you are like me. We might think that these 10 plagues happen in just within a few weeks. Some might think that it's the plague occurred over a period of several months. What if I tell you that these plagues not necessarily happen immediately after the other plagues? What if I tell you that it lasted more than one or two years? And there's a reason for it. Now, let me explain. Let us look into the fifth plague, which is the death of livestock. You know, in Exodus chapter 9, verse 3 to 6, verse 5, And the Lord set a time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. The Lord did this the next day. All the Egyptian livestock died, but none among the Israelite livestock died. Because of the severe plague, all the Egyptian livestock died. Now, look at the seventh plague. In Exodus chapter 9, verse 18, you know, tomorrow at this time I will rain down the worst hell that has ever occurred in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Therefore, give orders to bring your livestock and all that you have in the field into shelters. Every person and animal that is in the field are not brought inside will die when the hells falls on them. Those among Pharaoh's officials who feared the word of the Lord made their servants and livestock flee to shelters, but those who didn't take the heart of Lord's word left their servants and livestock in the field. So in verse 19, God mentioned about the livestock, and we read just now that in the fifth plague, all livestock of the Egyptian died. So where does this Egyptian you know, livestock comes from yeah in in in, in the seventh plague you know where they come from now so they are basically the livestock of the egyptians right now so livestock you know as you, as you know they are basically like the cows birds uh, chicken sheep and everything these uh, animals were raised in in in, in, uh, in an, an agriculture setting to produce labor and commodities such as meat eggs, milk, fur, leather, and wool. So it takes like around two years for a calf to grow into a cow or a bull, right? And it was mentioned that the hail destroyed the flax and barley. Yeah, in verse 31, the flax and the barley were destroyed because the barley was ripe and the flax was budding. Yeah, so Imagine this, it is almost impossible for a nation like Egypt to plant and produce flax and barley without the help of their livestock. 
you know, probably to plow the land, to carry heavy loads and everything. So we can estimate that the period between the fifth and the seventh plague is about two years. Yeah. What does this tell us? It tells us that our Lord, who are gracious and merciful, was giving Pharaoh and the Egyptian a grace period which gives them an opportunity to repent and follow the one true God, which we can see in verse 20, right? Those among Pharaoh's officials who feared the word of the Lord made their servants and livestock flee to shelters. So we, we have seen, uh, we have some uh, Egyptians who started to fear the Lord while some choose to harden their hearts just like Pharaoh. Yeah. What was happening at that time actually not much different from what is happening in our world today, especially in our country. Right? We have all sorts of natural disasters, disease, epidemic, and now pandemic happening in our country. Now, I remember for the past two decades, whenever there is a disaster or natural disaster happen in our country, there must be a lot of viral messages being circulated in the Christian social media. Now, some say that God is about to come. Some say that God judges the unbeliever and the, repent, and, and, and the uh, unrepentant. There are also those who are afraid of what will happen to them. So what happened? They, they went to church the following Sunday and repent. And just in case the Lord comes at that time, right? Yeah. So what happens if things get back to normal? What happens if like, you know, they discover that, hey, you know, God didn't, didn't come, you know. Well, just like Pharaoh, we have forgotten about God and continue with our lives. We have forgotten about our promises to God. Yeah. So think about this. Why God allow, you know, why God, why, 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 why is uh, there is uh, such a grace period? Let's take some time to think and reflect on this. Our hearts getting closer to God after we experience this natural disaster and plagues? Are the Pharaohish Christians come to repentance after seeing or personally experience these events? Now in Romans chapter 2 verse 4, Do you despise the riches of His kindness, restraint and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You know, the plague that struck Egypt over the years actually tells us that God is patient. He is patient and gracious. He provided many opportunities for Pharaoh and the Egyptians to repent and to follow him. Now, if you're alive today, church, remember, it's because of God's grace and mercy. Grace is getting what we don't deserve and mercy is not getting what we do deserve. So through these plagues, the Lord is telling us that He is one true God. He is the Creator. He is just. He is gracious and merciful. Now, in response to God's power, you know, we can see that Pharaoh's, uh, Pharaoh's magicians acknowledge that they are no match to the finger of God. Even some of the Egyptians begin to realize that the God of the Hebrews are the one true God. They begin to obey His words. Now, in fact, some of Pharaoh's officials feared the word of the Lord and obey God. 
but Pharaoh, he chose to harden his heart. You know, we can choose to harden our hearts to the power of God, but we cannot choose the consequences of our choices. Maybe some of you are going through a very difficult situation in your life. You are experiencing loss after loss, disappointments after disappointments, and you might pray that uh, you might pray to God to set you free from your struggles. Let me tell you, the circumstances we ask God to change are often the circumstances God is using to change us. Let me repeat myself. The circumstances we ask God to change are often the circumstances God is using to change us. So what is your response today? Are you going to submit your whole life to God? Are you going to acknowledge His greatness over your life? What is your response today, church? Well, let's bow our head. You know, some of you today, you know that deep in your heart, God is saying to you, enough, enough, enough. You might think the struggles that you're going through today is due to the cause and effect of the pandemic. You know, you might think that, hey, pastor, it's just a coincidence nothing to do with, with, with the spiritual condition, nothing to do with your heart condition. You know, but I want to tell you that the difference between you and Pharaoh is that Pharaoh died as unbeliever. He died before he could repent. God showed His grace and mercy to him and he chose to reject them. So friends, how about you today? You have the truth. God revealed Himself to you today. And I pray that today you choose to repent and submit your life to Him. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Hallelujah. Lord, we confess, we acknowledge that we are stubborn. We are stiff-necked. And we easily forget your goodness and everything you have done in our life. Today we are reminded that you are the Lord. You, you have power and authority over everything in this world, including our lives. We humble ourselves to you today, asking for your forgiveness for our sins. Forgive us for our ignorance. We break down every idols in our lives and we allow you to rule in our hearts and minds. Take over our lives for your glory because you are the almighty God. You are great God and all glory belongs to you. Thank you, God. I pray today that your people who listen to your word will respond to you and I believe that when their lives are freed, they will experience a breakthrough. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You are good God. You are a great God. Hallelujah. Let's just sing this song together. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wind, stern power and love. Our God is an awesome God.
awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and From heaven above it be some power when love our God is an awesome God. Jesus, thank you, Lord, indeed. You are a great God, oh God. Terima kasih, Tuhan. So, church, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. 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 Come on, church. You've got a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, thank you for making time for God today. Thank you for tuning us with us. And uh, we hope that you are blessed. And don't forget, next week, our Good Friday service. Don't miss it. I'm sure you'll be blessed. Right? I will we pray as usual on Wednesday at 30 p.m and also on Saturday at 9am. So see you next week. Tuhan memberkati. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Live Podcast. We hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends, family member and co-worker. We hope you have a great day. God bless you.